Good afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Hello, Jen. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Beautiful day out. Such a beautiful day. So good to be back in Tahoe after being in Europe for three weeks and then Minneapolis. I'm just happy to be home. Europe sounds better than Minneapolis. You know, Minneapolis is a pretty nice place. Surprisingly, yeah. They have a great, it's my favorite airport. It's got a nice mall. Really nice. I didn't get to the mall, unfortunately, but, uh, but no, it was, it was a good place. It was a quick trip. So in and out and happy to be back. Our European retreat went great. Good, good. So very good time. And, uh, and today we're actually going to talk about leadership and we're talking about leading with fear or warmth. And, uh, I read this, I've just recently subscribed to the Harvard Business Review which is a great magazine full of all kinds of good leadership nuggets of wisdom and, and such. And so, um, so I was reading an article in there, um, about leading and it talked about if it's better to be the, the actual article is called, is it better to be loved or feared? And it's by Jessica Snow. And so, um, we are, we're talking about which one. So what do you think? I mean, just off the top of your head. I'm going to say loved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, loved is, is good. I think in my personal experience in the roles of the leadership roles I've um, played and also the role, the people who I've reported to, I certainly liked loving them more than fearing them, (laughs) but it turns out kind of spoiler alert. If you only get to listen to the first minute of the show is that it's best to, um, it's best to lead both with warmth and strength. So a lot of times, um, people will be, leading with strength first, you know, trying to prove competence and that, um, can instill fear in people and uncertainty versus, um, starting with warmth. So basically these are the two most influential, um, qualities in leaders is this ability to be warm and this ability to be strong or to have, uh, competence. Competence if is you good. Competence is good. Competence is good. So, but competence without, uh, without warmth apparently is not. So not as good. No. So, um, so the conundrum here is that most of us as leaders, we project strength and competence first to prove that we're worthy of the task at hand. And then we project warmth. However, we judge people on the flip side by their warmth first. And then we're encouraged by their competencies. So, when we're looking at people and trying to make a snap decision on whether we like them or we want to follow them or we trust them, we first look for warmth. Interesting. However, when we're trying to prove to others that we should be followed and that we're, you know, trustworthy, we, we lead with competence. So that's a bit of the conundrum. So it's a, I think it's important to know going forward. So when you're perceived as competent, but you lack warmth, it elicits envy. And envy is kind of this, um, it comes from, you know, there's a healthy respect in, in envy, but there can also be some resentment as well. Sure. Right. And so when you're warm, on the other hand, but you're incompetent, you elicit pity. <laughs> right. And so when you elicit pity, what happens is it's also this kind of split emotion where people want to initially, they want to follow you. However, at the, um, after a while, they end up neglecting you. Right. So at first, um, and I shouldn't say they want to follow you at first, they want to help you mm-hmm. and that, because they feel pity for you, but then over time they just end up neglecting you. So, um, so when you think about this, the risk of projecting strength first is that you can elicit fear, 
right? And when you're listening fear, so you go out there and you project this like really strong, like I'm going to do this and I'm competent and, you know, in your face kind of thing without uh-huh. being warm. Um, it creates fear. It can elicit fear and fear starts to, uh, result in dysfunctional behavior. Right? Oh, absolutely. Right. So yep. you think about when you've been in a situation where you're afraid, what happens? Fight or flight. Right. Yep. Jen, so good. <laughs> She's been listening over all the shows That's we've co-hosted. Right. right. But he puts you in this, this state of fight or flight. And what that does is it undermines cognitive potential, right? So you sure. stop being able to think broadly and widely and you start getting into this narrow focus. Very reactive. It undermines creativity. It undermines problem solving and it eventually it leads to disengaged employees. And so when you think about what we're trying to do here, it, you know, in leading people with this strength, so the last thing we want to do is undermine their ability to think and problem solve and engage, right? One, one would think. One would think. One so, would think. and by putting confidence first, you fail to create trust, right? Sure. So not only do you elicit fear, but you fail to create trust. And that, what happens when you don't have trust in an organization is that people will comply outwardly. So they'll, they'll do it on the outside. They'll say, oh yeah, I'm doing it. Sure. But inwardly they don't comply. And when you don't have that inward compliance, you lose the discretionary effort, which is really when people are like thinking with their hearts and minds, like, how can I make this better? How can I be more efficient? How can I, you know, improve things for the organization? And so you get kind of robots who are like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Sure. But they don't believe in it. Exactly. And that shows, and the worst case scenario is that those people are customer facing. (laughs) <laughs> and then the customers feel that, that they're not sincere about. There's a lot of that going on, isn't there? Right. Or people will say, oh, yeah, I'll do that to their boss. And then the customer says, and they say, oh, yeah, we have to do this. Right? Well, what does that say to a customer? Not a good thing. Right? And all this starts with this harmless little uh, ambition to project that we're competent enough for the job. <laughs> right? Like it all starts there, which seems harmless. Yeah. And what happens, too, is that people, people they um, they talk about... You know, we think that we, we know our own intentions, right? So if our intentions are pure and we are trustworthy and we are warm, caring people, then, and we're out there trying to project our competence, you know, we already know that we are warm and truthful and, you know, trustworthy, but so we don't feel like we need to share that with people because we have this kind of inner knowing, but other people don't know. Exactly. So it's really crucial to do that. So even though you, you might be projecting your strength, not in an intentional way to create fear, you might be doing it anyway, even though you're not intentional about it. So you think, let's look on the flip side, the benefits of projecting warmth first. So when you're projecting warmth first, you start to facilitate trust and you facilitate communication and more importantly, these absorption of ideas. So when you're trying to share an idea or you're trying to influence somebody, you're trying to get somebody on your side, you're trying to help them, you know, follow you, which is what leaders are supposed to do, right? Lead the way. By definition, yes. Bring people along with them. Um, Getting them to actually absorb the ideas and hear the ideas is really important. It also helps you connect immediately because it demonstrates that you hear them and you understand them and you can be trusted. Right? So you think about demonstrating warmth, you know, it's, it can be sitting with, you know, open arms. It can be leaning back. It can be nodding, just simple little signs of acknowledgement and warmth, right? You know, you think about, um, 
if somebody's sitting there across the desk from you with their arms crossed and kind of furrowed brow versus if somebody's sitting there relaxed, open, nodding, hearing you, eye contact, you know, the feeling is like, oh, my, my message is being absorbed. This person hears what I'm saying right? So as you increase trust, as you facilitate trust, you increase information sharing and fluidity and cooperation. And so now we think about some of the things we've talked about in the past, this harnessing flux, times of uncertainty, times of um, now we're in more of a network type leadership versus a hierarchical. So in the old days, it was like, I tell you what to do, you do it, I'm the boss and you obey. Right now, it's like, hey, we all need to work together to come up with the smartest, most creative, most efficient idea. So this is more, you know, there are still people in charge, but now we're working more as a team, as a network. So in order to work efficiently as a network, you need that fluidity. You need the sharing and the cooperation on the team in order to make that work. Because if one person's driving the bus, there is no network. It's this a pretend true. network. That's right. Right? Like outwardly it looks like a network because you're all sitting around a table, but inwardly no one's sharing. Exactly. Right? And so that's kind of um so that's kind of sketchy. So um so definitely we want to lead with warmth first. The other thing that um leading with warmth first does and in this increasing increasing this trust in the environment is that it boosts innovation. So in a time where we're trying to be more innovative or we're trying to be more creative um, and we're competing globally now because now people can get products and ideas from anywhere in the world mm-hmm. thanks to the internet and and great shipping, <laughs> right? <laughs> and FedEx, yeah. Is that now it allows, you know, being able to boost innovation allows other people to hear what you're saying. So this again goes back to that absorption of ideas, but also it increases the number of ideas and quality of ideas. So when you're in this environment where there seems to be warm leadership where people are open, um, you're going to get more ideas. Because, uh-huh. again, when we talked about having this network situation where everyone's at the table, if people are truly sharing their ideas and truly coming and feeling comfortable and confident that they can say anything and really brainstorm, then you get some really good stuff. Exactly. Versus yep. this pretend brainstorm where everybody sits around and tries to say, say what the boss wants to hear. Yeah, agrees with the boss. And yeah. then walks away thinking, oh, well, my idea would have been really good. Too bad I, I couldn't share it because I was afraid. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. So, um, so when you think about influence, it's not making people do what you want. So a lot of times we think like, oh, I have influence. I can, I can make all those people do what I want. It's really about being able to change people's attitudes and beliefs so they want to do what you suggest. Right. So it's not about making them do it. It's about, you know, showing them the way and bringing them along so that they actually want to and opening them them up to that. So when you're thinking about leadership and how to be the very best leader, it's really not a question of warmth or strength. Uh huh. It's a question of both. Right. Because, again, remember, if you're all warm and no strength, then you you're back to this place where you've got a, um, a really negative, you know, emotion of pity that people are feeling for you Uh and you can't get people to follow you if they pity you. No. Right. You need that respect. So you want to be able to lead with both. So when you feel personal strength, right? So you might ask like, how do we do that? Like, how do you lead with strength and warmth? It's tricky. It's a good question. It's not, it's not necessarily something that comes easily. Most of the time we're either warm or, or strong. Yeah. Maybe we're both, but we lead with one or the other. Exactly. So when you think about it, thinking about your own, um, your own personal strength will put you in a place where you're feeling confident, right? So when, and when I talk about 
feeling personal strength, you know, your belief that you can do what you're there to do, your knowledge that you are prepared, that you have the experience, that you have the capability. Uh-huh. But it's really this idea that you don't have to prove it right out the chute. That's right. If you know it and you know that if they call on you or they ask you a hard question, you're ready for it, then there's not this like desire to prove to them at the first meeting that you're fabulous. Right. So when you're feeling personal strength, you're more open, you're less threatened and you're less threatening. Makes sense. You become less threatening. And so, and then when you're feeling confident, you can feel calm, right? Because confidence brings on calm. Most of us, when I feel my most anxiety, it's because I'm not prepared. Exactly. Right. It's like, oh man, I wish I would have gone over this one more time or I'm really in over my head. That creates that place of anxiety. So when you're feeling confident, you feel calm and you, you can project an authentic warmth when you're feeling calm, right? Cause when that you, makes sense. because people mirror your emotions. So when you're feeling all stressed out and anxious, then you're going to share that with others. They're going to feel your stressed outness and anxiousness. Yeah. It's very, very true. Right. Yeah. And you see how that happens quickly. It can happen with kids and parents. Like the parents get nervous. The kids get nervous. Everybody's freaking out. It happens in a, in a business situation. So a um, couple ways that you can project warmth, uh, in my opinion, is first get out of your own way. So if you want to get to this place where you're feeling confident and you're able to get to that calm, confident state where you're not having to prove yourself to anyone, the first thing you need to do is get out of your own way and clear out any limiting thoughts. And we've done a lot of shows on limiting beliefs and things. But if you're carrying around some baggage from when you were in high school about how you're not good enough or how you, you know, you never get anything right or, you know, people are always out to get you. If you've got these limiting beliefs, it can really benefit you to do some work on them and to investigate them because that kind of stuff comes up when a stressful situation arises. So if you can get clear about those things and realize what's really true and what's not, then you can get to a place of personal confidence. Then when you're talking, when you're trying to project warmth, you can do some of these basic things like smile with your eyes, right? So we know about the Duchenne smile. When you're, um, when you smile and you don't mean it, your eyes don't crinkle up. And when you smile and you do mean it, your eyes do crinkle up. Smiles. Yeah, you smize. <laughs> you I like smize. That. You, you could smize. Um, the next thing you can do to project warmth is you can validate feelings. So you can, if somebody says like, you know, let's say your company is going through a reorg and everybody's stressed out rather than trying to say like, Oh, it's going to be just fine. Don't worry about it. You know, you can say, Hey, times are uncertain and that's unsettling and it's scary for, for us and that's okay. Right. You can validate what people are, what people are feeling and what they're, and what's going on. And that makes them feel like, Ooh, you hear me. Now I can hear you. Right. And then, um, the fourth thing you can do is just be sincere. I mean, be genuinely sincere. Projecting warmth is not about getting all kindergarten teacher on somebody and like, oh, that's so great. I can't believe it. This is not warmth. This is an over-exaggeration of of warmth, which feels inauthentic. It feels yucky. It's like, okay, I suddenly feel like I'm five and I just did a good coloring page. Like, what just happened here? Right? So just be authentic. You don't have to be all high-pitched and overly excited. Exactly. Unless you are. And if you are, it will come across as authentic, (laughs) right? So, and then projecting strength is all about, um, you can project strength through a couple of different things. First is your position. So your position in the company. So if you're the boss, you can project strength because you're the boss. If you're, um, 
You can also project strength through reputation. So if people think you have a good reputation and through the way you perform the job, right? So you can stand up tall. You could self-regulate. You can, um, you can move with deliberate, with being deliberate when you move, uh-huh. right? So if you're walking across the stage or, you know, go to a place and stop and be still. Don't fidget all around or exactly. move all around because that's agitating. And be prepared, right? When you're prepared, you are competent. And when yep. you're competent, you're confident. And when you're confident, you're calm and you're not feeling the need to project at all. That's right. So that's, um, that's my, my secret weapon to being confident is preparing. Exactly. I have and it doesn't come naturally. 100%. So I got to work on it. So once you've established your warmth, your strength can be then received by people as a welcome reassurance. So if you get in there and people feel like they can trust you and they feel your warmth and your openness and they, they relax to hear you, then as you show your strength, people are think, oh, not only is she nice, she's smart and she's going to lead us through this change, right? Or not only is he warm and authentic, but he's, you know, he's powerful and he's, um, and he's going to get us through this. Right. So it's a combination. It's not about being loved or feared. It's about a combination of being both strong and warm to be the very best leader you can be. And that's from the Harvard Business Review. And it's the July, August issue on influence. So, I mean, go ahead and find that article again is in uh, it's called Is It Better to Be Loved or Feared? And we look forward to hearing your thoughts on the show and anything else on our Facebook page at Nourish Life and Business Coaching. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Look forward to seeing you next Monday. I know. Glad you're back. Yeah, I'm this glad to good. be back. So. This is good. Welcome back. You have been listening to The Bright Side with Alexis Robin right here on K Tahoe.